some people have accused me of being like a lazy parent, you know, because I'm like, I'm not going to do your thing, you know, your part. Like, but I was like, no, it's not laziness. You know, it's not, it's not like I don't want to work. I think I have a more accurate view of reality that this is what life is. So like, for instance, I heard a great tip from a, a coach one time that when a child comes or a parent comes or a teenager comes, they're like, should I do this or should I do this? And should I do that or do that? And in our culture, we just like, we're taught to not think, right? Like school teaches us like what to do all day long, right? So this coach said, just say to the child or the teenager or whoever it is, just say, you decide. It's not good. When it comes to building a business empire online while intentionally cultivating a thriving life at home with kids, well, there is no roadmap. It's not easy. But the great news is we're not alone. We live in a crazy world that is truly unlike any other time in our history. And if you're like me, you've got an impact of your own to make. But you're not willing to sacrifice your relationship with those that you love in order to get it. My name is Stephanie Dove Blake, and this is the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast where we'll journey together to learn what it means to be a truly powerful parent. Let's go. Today, I'm thrilled to have Eileen Wilder with us. Eileen isn't just a devoted mother of three, but she's also a force to be reckoned with both on and off the stage. Her influence has touched countless lives, guiding many towards success. In our chat, Eileen dives deep into her unique parenting approach, revealing how she gauges her success as a mom. Ever wondered about the benefits of exposing kids to seminars, conferences, and outings? Eileen shares how these experiences have been pivotal in fostering enriching conversations and learning for her children, and for those who've ever felt the sting of being called a lazy parent. Eileen has a golden nugget of advice that's all about empowering our kids in their decision-making. We'll also get a glimpse into the entrepreneurial journeys of Eileen's children, Audrey and Harry. At just 16 and 14, they're already carving out their own paths, fueled by passion and clear goals. But it's not all work and no play. Eileen emphasizes the critical role of self-care for parents, even on a tight budget. We delve into the sometimes controversial topic of outsourcing household tasks and why it's okay to let go of the guilt associated with it. So buckle up for an enlightening conversation as we explore the intricacies of parenting, fostering early independence, and nurturing an entrepreneurial spirit in our kids. All right, guys, welcome back to the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Eileen Wilder. Oh my gosh, Eileen is a powerhouse both on stage and in person. I just have loved seeing her journey over these years and how God has used her and how she has just changed life after life after life. and help people make millions after millions after millions. It's incredible. So Eileen, thank you for taking the time out of your day. I know you're oh. like up in Martha's Vineyard right now and you're coming on this podcast. Thank you. Yeah, oh, thanks for having me. This is awesome. I was like, I get to hang out with Stephanie. Let's go. So, so fun. So fun. Well, um, I have gotten the pleasure of uh, meeting your kids in person and I have always been so impressed with uh, how they carry themselves and um, what they're doing. Uh, you've got some kids with business ventures, and we'll be talking about that later on, which is so exciting. And uh, so I can't wait to dive in and just kind of talk to you around parenting. But I want to start with kind of a deep question um, okay. that we've kind of been talking about recently. But uh, what does it mean to you, Eileen, to be a, a good mother? Mm. Oh, that's such a great question. I love that. What does that mean to you? To me, it means about having strong moments with my kids. So I don't measure quality of my parenting based off time length duration spent with them. Thank God, right? Amen. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I measure it more like in strong moments. So strong moments for me and my kids are like great moments of connection, uh, great conversation that happens spontaneously, deep conversation, philosophical conversation, entrepreneur-related conversation, communicate, teaching them how to communicate with other people. Just I don't I measure it more in moments and we have we seem to kind of weave those throughout our day and especially on trips. That's a big kind of secret that I feel like has worked for me is like taking one of them away on a trip. And so I can peel them away from the crowd, you know? So yeah, so I measure it in moments. And so I feel when I feel those strong moments, it makes me feel like I'm crushing it as a parent, which I think is kind of what we all want to feel, you know? Oh yeah. And I just feel close with them. So So is there anything that you do in order to help make sure that you're facilitating those conversations and those moments happening? Like, can you think practically of some of the things that you might do? I mean, besides obviously taking them on the trip, but yeah, I I guess shared experiences. Yeah. I guess the trips, the trips for me have been, I guess, a a real common thread. And, And so I, cause like if I can go to a seminar, a conference, maybe even a day seminar, you know, in Houston, sometimes they had like day entrepreneurs, this is pre COVID, but Um, If I would take one of them away to an experience, listening to a speaker, then we would wind up talking about that speaker after takeaways. What did you learn? I remember taking Harry when he was nine to go hear Gary Vaynerchuk. And I'm like, here are all these curse words mean. It was like, I was like, this is great life lessons, you know? And so I think just creating, you know, experiences, I think like that have, but also trips, fun trips, you know, um, just provided space. I think the real key for those moments to happen is just space for them to happen. So mm-hmm. one of the choices we made to homeschool was providing just more opportunity for those moments to happen, just to increase our odds yes. of perhaps volume of moments occurring, you know? So yeah, that's probably, probably homeschooling and probably traveling have done it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And, and right now, tell us your kids' names and ages. Yeah. So I've got Audrey, Harry, and Oliver. So I have one girl and then two boys. Audrey is my oldest. She's 16. And then there's Harry, who just turned 14. And then Oliver, who's nine. So so you're still in the thick of it. I mean, yeah, what, yeah. whatever well, you think about this. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You know, I feel like my older two are raised. We actually have thought about this a lot. We talk about this with them. We like feel like if, you know, we make jokes about it. We probably shouldn't be like, mommy, daddy gets hit by a bus. You're like, they've already have their businesses. They already, like, they already, we already feel like we did our job with them, but Oliver, we're still, yes. Yes. I still feel like a little bit in the thick of it for sure. Well, can I just say that that, I think that's so awesome. There was this book and I, I, I know the name was around like do hard things. And it was by these, these twin brothers. I think it was the oh. Harris brothers. Okay. But one of the things they talked about in their book that I have always found fascinating is that they bring out that the word teenager wasn't actually uh, brought in until like the 1950s or something like that. Like oh, it wasn't actually a thing. And then, then like back in the days of like George Washington, at the age of 14 years old, George Washington was out surveying land by himself on a horse. Like he had a job, oh, he was doing things, gosh. right? Gosh. Yeah. But if we contrast that with American culture, then mm-hmm. we don't necessarily think of teenagers that way. But technically, just a little over 60, 70 years ago, you know, you were kind of considered an adult. Once you hit 13, 14, 15, you were out in the world yeah. doing the thing, making it happen. And so I find it really neat that you're experiencing that. Because I think that on mass, most people, they're 14 and 15, 16 year old, you wouldn't say, hey, you're good to go. If I were to, yeah. you know, pass away in this yeah. moment, most people would say, I don't know if they're going to know how to feed themselves, right? But yeah. but yeah, you've totally. you've accomplished something and I think is really beautiful. I don't know if you recognize that or not because well, I, don't I, think I probably that's normal. don't. We sometimes like rely on them. I mean, yeah. it was what it feels like. Yeah. So that um like for instance, Audrey's like 
really organized and a planner and we all like are pretty good, but she's just better. So yeah. like, yeah, so they, they just, they, yeah, I would, and I could definitely see Harry riding a horse plowing the field. I think that <laughs> he would make it happen, Whitney. <laughs> so, so this is so cool. So I wonder, I wonder, you know, for everybody listening, what do you think equated to that? Like, what do you think equated to these, this 14 mm-hmm. and 16 year old that you feel really confident? Like how, how did you treat them as they were growing up that maybe resulted in like these really mature kids who are running businesses? Yeah, that, that's, a, I mean, I want my, the first answer I was going to say is God's grace because like, you know, that, yes. I mean, that's what I feel like, cause you know, how like, I didn't really want to have kids. So I'm, I'm definitely like, I would, I mean, some people say we're like really awesome parents, but I would, I think I'm a very mediocre parent, but I, I, I re- honestly really, really do like, but I do think we implemented a couple of things that worked well younger, which mm. was independence. So for instance, you know how other parents, like a lot of parents, I don't know, for those of you listening, you ever see parents that are constantly asking their parents to do something for them? Yes. Like, Hey, like one for one, for instance, one of my, one acquaintance was over our home and she was getting mad on what was on the phone with her mom for not packing her overnight bag to my house to spend the night. And my whole family was watching the conversation. We were like, wow, like that wouldn't happen in our, cause we're, we were from a really probably maybe even too young of an age. We were like, it's your job. <laughs> it's like, you are you and you are responsible for you. So, I mean, I might've gone overboard probably a little bit too much on that little, but they were doing everything by themselves as soon as they could. Well, and I find that fascinating because, and it might be personality type related kind of, we were talking Maybe. about this earlier, you know, it might be personality type related, but I felt like whenever I was 15 years old mm-hmm. that I could, I could take it and I was ready. Mm-hmm. I was ready to go on out into life. I dropped out of high school and I was 17 years old. I was ready wow. to like do the thing. I was so yeah. tired of playing teenager. <laughs> I was tired of it. I was like, I'm already an adult. Like, let me go. I'm done. And um, I love that. And my husband talked about playing the same teenager. thing. Yeah, I was playing teenagers. Like, like am I supposed play? to care about this? <laughs> I want to unsubscribe. It's great. Yeah, can you let me out, please? <laughs> but my husband was the same way. Like, he would work like two jobs at 15 years old, and anywhere it let him work, wow. and he was just ready to make the money, do the thing, and like, yeah. you know, whatever. And wow. I think that's kind of rare nowadays. I think. Maybe yeah. some people who were, maybe some people who were raised in our generation resented mm-hmm. the fact that they had to do things independently. And then maybe they're overcompensating with their kids. Cause like, I'm never going to make you feel like, you know, you have to do that or have to do this. Right. Right. Yeah. So you could just stay, do whatever you want and stay right here. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It is. And, and I think the pendulum swings, right. In the generations yes. of parenting. Yes. And I think maybe yeah. we're maybe we're talking on kind of like a bigger thing where there's a little bit of enablement and lack of expectations of self-governing. And that's what we call it in our house is self-governing. Love that. Yeah. And it's just that the view that I expect you to be working towards self-governing. And that goes in like your responsibilities. Like I expect you to be able to wake yourself up in the morning. Yeah. Like I don't need to be waking you up in the morning. Mm-hmm. You are mm-hmm. old enough to set an alarm and get up yep. and take on that responsibility yourself. Um, conversely, you're old enough to um, ha- be self-governing around your chores in the home and making sure you're you're doing your part in the family mm-hmm. and you know all of those kind of things. And so we have we have those conversations. And John and I are definitely a little more 
ADHD all over the place. And so consistency is not our key. So we've, we've got work to do still, <laughs> but you know, I think that's been something that's been very right. important for us to pass that on too. So bravo, Eileen. Good oh, job. definitely. Well, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes some, some people have accused me of being like a lazy parent, you know, cause I'm like, I'm not going to do your thing, you know, your part, like, but I was like, no, it's not laziness. You know, it's not, it's not like I don't want to work. It's yeah. like, I think I have a more accurate view of reality that this is what life is. Yeah. So like, for instance, I heard a great tip from a, a coach one time that when a child comes or a parent comes or a teenager comes and like, should I do this or should I do this? And should I do that or do that? And in our culture, we just like, we're taught to not think, right? Like school teaches us like what to do all day long, right? So this coach said, just say to the child or the teenager or whoever it is, just say, you decide. Isn't that good? Oh my gosh, so good. We must say that 400 million times. And we almost sounds like a joke. Because so now, so now, like all the, and Harrison does it to me. He like my husband Harrison coaches, and he's like, I'm like, should I do this? Or this? He's like, you decide. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm a me, and I decide. You know? Oh, that is so, good. That is a really forget, good takeaway. We forget, we forget that we are we that we are selves that need to decide, and it is our decision, and it's our life. You know, we forget that. Yeah, and if we don't enable our children to learn how to make those decisions for themselves, then we're essentially kind of handicapping them and keeping them in that forever teenage zone. Mm -hmm. You know, you get the the failures to launch and all of that because we, and it's so confusing sometimes, right? Because it comes from such a heart of just wanting to love our kids. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But love, right? It's like, what is the definition of love? So, yeah. Yeah. And making sure to dive into that. So, the thing that I think that most people get ooing and awing about your story and, and your kids is that they are entrepreneurial. Can mm. you talk to us about what uh, Audrey and, and Harry have going on? Yes. So, um, well, Audrey, what, what, uh, let me just talk about Harry first, because he's my, he's definitely my classic entrepreneur. He, since nine, when I started first getting into this world, started bringing him to marketing events, business events, and he would just draw pictures of funnels and marketing plans and and anything he could possibly um, be listening to. And he started coming up with ideas all the time. So I would just tell him little things like write the idea down or while we're listening to this seminar speaker, just open the laptop, start to get to know this funnel builder. And while we're opening the laptop, start um, like modeling other people and researching other people who are selling this type of thing, you know? So he just do like little things, right? And then he kind of get like a like I don't say a little addicted to it, but he started building stuff. Yeah. He'd start like um editing videos to put on the thing. And he just like he just kind of started stacking for him, you know? And then he went to a conference and heard a teenager speak. And he was like, he ran back to the hotel room. He's like, I hundred percent know what I'm supposed to do. And I was like, what? He's like, I don't want to tell you right. I just want to build it, build the funnel right now. And then I'll like I'll tell you later. I was like, okay. And he just like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. About two weeks later, filmed a bunch of videos. He launched this course and started making sales. He started making sales. Woo. And like, so, you know, those, that first sale, like even for, even for me, I can remember as an adult, like, you're like, wait a second. I just did the internet and like money came back. And <laughs> it, took, you know, it was like, he just was like, it just, you know, I heard one coach call it an evidence file gets formed in the mind mm-hmm. An evidence file gets formed in the mind. I have the ability to make money online. I have that ability. 
not somebody else or something like I, as a young person have that ability. So this evidence file gets formed. So then it was just like full on addiction, you know what I mean? Just, and I wholeheartedly supported it, you know? <laughs> so, and then, um, he eventually started an agency, a video editing agency. And so he has like info products courses, and then he also sells done for you services. So he has a team of 20 editors. He comes down the stairs saying things like, mom, I just closed another high ticket sale. And we'll say like, what was it? What was it for, babe? And he's like, it was 6K, you know? So this is like a, his world. Yeah. Not the world. I, he, this is his world. And so that I know for sure was, so I, so I've reverse engineered because I know that wasn't just me, right? Because if it was just me, it would just be me like telling him what to do. It's like, yeah. So the inner drive, right? How do you unleash the inner drive? That's what yes. I think is. And I'm still trying to figure that out for my youngest. Like, but how do I unleash that inner momentum where they're, they can't stop. I have to tell him to go to bed. Stop listening to podcasts. Stop. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, the, yeah. like, like that's not. So how do you do that? I think is the, the game that I'm still learning how to play. Um, yeah. For sure. Now. Yeah. So that's Harry. And then Audrey works for us in our business because what she wants to do is something totally different. She wants to act and have her business produce passive revenue. Ooh. So she can do her passion. So it's totally different for her. Um, so she's more learning e-com, something on that side. So wow, to create passive income so she can she do wants her passion. true passion. Yeah, so we we learned we so we experimented with her and a lot of different business ideas. And then once we figured out what she really wants to do is act full time, we need to figure out a passive business model for her. Mm -hmm. So she's taking money, for instance, that she earns in our business and she invests it. Mm -hmm. She's learning kind of like the market a little bit. Yeah, we're still experimenting a little bit with her, but she's 16. But uh, you know, what's great is like, she has a lot of evidence file for how it could work. Yeah. You know how like, you just sometimes I think it's just exposure to the mm-hmm. ideas of like if she wants to do any of these different things, she can. Yeah. Well, and also too, tell me if I'm right in understanding this from what you just said is that with Harry and with Audrey, you're you're kind of like the you're you're the you're not doing anything for them. You're not you're not necessarily hand over handing anything with them, but you're freeing them to be able to do it. And that also means you had to pay for a ClickFunnels account, probably. Oh right? yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, it's funny at first we did everything and now Harry's business covers all of his own business. Co- like, so learning how to budget and like Oof. pay his team and fire team members. I mean, it is hysterical watching a 14 year old do this kind of stuff. <laughs> like, you're like, I guess, you're like, I guess, you know, <laughs> this is, you know, so, so now, yeah. So in the beginning though, for sure. Yeah. We were like, and I'm so grateful to people like um, Russell and, and people who allowed, they had conferences and things um, for children because that's yep. what, I really think that was the catalyst for him, for sure. Oh, that is so powerful. Yes. Unlock the Secrets has been a game changer for my family too. And I love the evidence file because I feel like the more exposure our children get to what's possible and then they get these small wins. But they, but the thing I love the most, um, I did an awesome interview with Matt and Jen Vrains. Oh, who are okay. in the inner circle and yeah, they have Mason brains and Colton brains. And both of these two young men have grown up and made multiple millions of dollars. And Matt and Jen have this beautiful multi seven figure business as well. And mm-hmm. um, one of the things in that interview that Matt talked about was that, you know, he was not scared to finance their failure at all. Oh, beautiful thought. Because he knew that up on the other side of failure was success. And so yeah. it was just a matter of, you know, him giving the opportunity there and, and, and just feeding that 
and being okay if he they wasted a hundred dollars or however much it costs for that investment. Yeah. 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 For yeah, that's a great way to look at it because it's just it's just lessons, right? Like think about how much imagine so think about our psychology, especially in America, about how we invest in college. We're like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah. Of course. Or not even that. Let's even go to college about high school. We have to invest in these supplies. We have to invest in these school trips. We have yes. to invest in these fundraising efforts. Like, or just the, the sports alone, which I, I yeah. love what sports bring out in people, but like the cost involved and we'll, we'll pay for that. We'll pay for that. Oh, but yeah. if maybe we have an entrepreneurial kid or we want to make sure our kids are exposed to entrepreneurial endeavors, we're like tight, tight, tight fisted. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Right. hundred percent. And then, if, then if you think about the the volume and velocity of cash going into college and there's no expectation. Yeah. Of, uh, there's no expectation of an ROI on that. Ugh. We should be very free, I think, in buying all the courses, all the conferences, all the trips. If we can, as much as we can, I couldn't do a lot of that in the beginning. Yeah. Like as much as we're able to for exposure and investment. It's investment. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I love that about your story, Eileen. It's not like, I mean, you guys have, have truly have an inspiring story of your journey and how you've built the business that you have and you've made the name for yourself that you have. And, and it's not like the kids are where they are today because you just had all this money so you could just pour into them. So like, I don't, I don't ever think it should necessarily be always an excuse because there's always resources, right? We, we are resourceful people. And, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was just thinking when I first took, yeah, go ahead. You finish, you finish. No, 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 please, please. Well, the first, when I signed up for my first high ticket program with Russell and there was one, the first conference was in Phoenix, Arizona and Harry was nine and my husband couldn't, cause we had to take care of my other kids. So I only took Harry. We had like negative money in the mm-hmm. bank account. We sat in the back and I, and Harry was nine and I felt like I was nine because I didn't understand any, any of the words. I sat in the back because I couldn't even grasp a lot of the concepts that were still being discussed. I was still learning the, the vocab. Yeah, <laughs> so, it is a whole like, vocab. That's for sure. Like, what does that mean? Because they were talking, it was something about systems or operational systems. And I said, I don't know. It's like, let's go in order to sit. Go, like, yeah. So I felt like I think, but I also just want to encourage parents to, to like, be like that, be like a child in this space, because we just, I just learned along with my kids. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was, I was literally learning like at Harry's level of knowledge. Um, and I think that that was something, I don't know what it was, but there's something in my older kids' minds that they can remember that. Mm, wow. I, I don't know what it is, but they, they can remember where I was and, and, and they've seen it, I guess they've seen it, I guess. I don't know how to describe this very well, but they come up to me and often talk about me, how grateful they are. Um, but I think it's just like, we were learning together. Right. So isn't that amazing. And I, and I think that's something too, that as parents, oftentimes we feel like we have to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you bring your kid mm. into an environment like that, it's almost like you need to be the person who has all the answers. But I think the things that kids appreciate the most, and I personally, for my in my experience, I think from age nine on, because mm. I personally think both boys and girls around the age of eight and nine, they truly change so much. Wow. Like at least in my experience. And I know that we have the whole tween thing and teenager thing and all that, but I just think significantly at eight and nine, there's a, a maturity and a, a difference that takes place. And you know, especially around those ages being willing to just say, let's, we're latching arms here. Let's go learn this together. Like, I don't even know what that looks like, but let's go find out, you know, and and they appreciate that. And they, they, they crave 
the attention from the adult in a way that it's not corrective of in nature and not necessarily, it's almost like you're treating them like a friend, although we're still parents, you know? Yes. That's what, that's so well said. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, we are BFF buddies right now and we're in this together. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. Hey, powerful parents, Stephanie here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Did you know that statistics show that 88% of Americans say they eat dinner with their family every night or a few times a week? I think that's a pretty awesome stat. But if you're anything like me and you're an entrepreneur, then after a day filled of putting out fires and maybe various events testing your patience, sometimes it's hard to think of questions that can help you really connect with your kids beyond the standard, how was your day? When my kids were just littles, I put together a list of questions to solve this problem and to help us have something to connect with over dinner time. And now I would love to share my curated dinner questions with you. This is good for littles and for bigs. There's lots of different varying questions in there. And these questions are going to help to ensure that the conversation is not just lively, but will bring you closer to your children while you enjoy a delicious meal together. As a listener of this podcast, you can get access to these questions at www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Once you're there, make sure to type in your best email and I'll have my team shoot over the questions for you. Once you get the questions, I encourage you to make this a family affair. Print them out. Have your kids help you cut them out. We even grabbed a mason jar, and my kids decorated it, and that's where we put all of our questions, and that same mason jar still sits on or near our dinner table to this day. We've been using these questions for close to eight years now, and I've really enjoyed the fun conversation and connection that's come from them. I hope your family enjoys them as much as mine have. Again, that's www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Now back to the show. So, okay. So amidst all of this, you know, now you've got kids and they're, they're off doing their thing and they're making all this happen. Thinking about this and, and like how you have seen yourself show up as a parent and kind of how we reflected, how much of this do you feel like is a reflection of how you were actually parented by your parents? Mm. Like, what was it like growing up for you? Well, actually, this is so cool. I'm here um, with my dad. And one of the things is my dad was really intentional with me at several key points in my life, kind of coaching me. I didn't realize he was coaching me, but he was coaching me, calling me out. Um, like, for instance, one time my dad, yeah. uh, done my, dad's telling, my dad says it was done brilliantly. <laughs> he did good. And uh, one time he, you know, pushed me, challenged me to try out for leadership positions and like, and these, it was like, I was being coached really well throughout mm. my, and so I think that that has given me a little bit of an edge, um, with my kids because I talk to them similarly to how my mom and dad talked me with respect, with a lot of confidence in my independence. You're going to make great choices. Wow. So I do think we learn a lot of communication patterns, you know, from our parents. They don't, they never yelled at us like that. You know, I see a lot of parents yelling at kids and I'm like, that's not effective. <laughs> yeah. Like, so that raising our voices wasn't common in my home. So therefore I don't do that. Not that I, I mean, I, I mean, I, listen, I have friends that are like Italian and that's like how they roll. That's how they communicate. That's how, I'm like, are you yelling at me? They're like, no, I'm just talking to you. I'm just telling you something. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so a lot of, I think the, what, the biggest thing though, Stephanie, was the atmosphere in the home. I think the atmosphere in the home, if you can make it um, a beautiful environment, in the home, I think our kids will reproduce that as adults. So tell me what it, what is, what's a beautiful environment? Describe that. Lots of laughing, lots of joy. My mom was constantly playing music, um, lots of fun, 
lots of great conversation happening, um, lots of good moments hanging around in the living room. I mean, yeah, that was like friends always over. That was a huge thing. Like, so it was just fun. Hi, yeah. Stephanie. Oh, my dad's saying hi. Come on. He can bust in if he wants to bust <laughs> in. I'd love it. So yeah, now I have, yeah. So it's great. So I, I feel like, and yeah. Uh, forward, right. How, so the ability, right. It's a skill set. I think it's just a skill set. It's just a skill set. How do I cultivate an environment? Yes. Even and, it wasn't raised like that. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. It is a skill set. And I think that um, it's something that we're not actually taught, you know, it's expected mm-hmm. to get through osmosis. And so part of the powerful parenting kind of tribe thing that we're building and working on is like, what are the key things we can take away and right. say, Hey, have you thought about implementing this in your family? And, yes. and furthermore, how are you taking care of yourself so you can have energy to actually show up for your family? Because a lot of times we're so headlong into our businesses right. or whatever else is going on. And we're struggling with other things. It's sometimes it can be so hard to rightly divide and be able to show up mm. energy to create fun, create culture in your family. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, yes, I'm thinking through how my business supports me being able to do that right now. And I didn't think about that. If I was like having to hustle a lot, like that would be a lot harder. Yeah. How are you currently taking care of yourself as far as oh so that you have any energy to give to your kids? I We should do a whole masterclass on this, Stephanie. I have, I'm like self-care crazy person, like crazy <laughs> My business model, though, I, I I sell coaching and consulting, so high ticket, and I sell it through event, events. So I have I deliver with my clients with events. So I have a lot of time, a lot of free time. That's beautiful. So um, sometimes I'm like, what should I be doing with my time? Like, honestly, <laughs> so so I, I was like, the sun is like coming through. My it's the angel oh, like yeah. ray beams. So I actually sometimes have to be like, like yeah, I have to get coached on like, don't feel bad for having so much free time, but. Yeah, working out, eating. We've been able to have. We've been able to hire um, a house manager that also cooks for everybody. You know, yeah. things like personal care. I mean, you name it, I'm doing it. Really, That's so good. Like I'm, I'm kind of a girly girl in all the in all of those senses of makeup, hair. People come to my home and do all that stuff before I have to. So I, I'm really kind of living my dream in that sense. <laughs> That's so I, good. That never changes, but. So, but take us back to whenever Harry was nine or before that, oh, like, yeah. oh, how did yeah, that look good. for you? Yeah, that was much harder because we had no money. So did you, do you feel like at that time you still had fun in the home and that you were able to build yes, culture? Yes, I, I do. I do. I do feel like we were able to do that. So I'm trying to think about like how we did that, but there was, I still remember the the pressure. I can still remember if yes. I go back to the pressure. Cause it was like, we what, we what we were trying to do is protect the kids from knowing about it. So I do remember us. Quietly, we would, but we'd be like always trying to make it fun for the kids. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, but we're like having to go eat at some restaurant because it's like half off, you know, kid, you know, like we're just having kids to be eat really free. curious, really uh, creative with our money. Yeah. But yes, we always kept that spirit of fun. Yeah. But self care, self care then for me mostly looked like it looked like this from my memory. Harrison would take the kids on. Sunday and I would take them on Saturday. We would take one day on in the weekends. We would give each other like so he would be in charge of the kids one day and I would be in charge of the kids another day. Oh, I love that. that. Yeah. So like just to give some kind of like mental space. So I remember we would there's a lot of trading, a lot of a lot of trades. That's so good. A lot of 
kids out of our small two-bedroom apartments so I can film these six videos for, you know, it was a lot of like that. But yeah, it's, it's you got to get real creative. But I think the prioritization of the self is so important. I agree. I wasn't, I don't think I was taught that growing up. So I had to learn that much later than I should have. Yeah, you had to figure it out. And if if I remember correctly from your personality type, you are an introvert, right? Yeah. INFP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so all the more reason would you need to actually have a soul, a whole day where yeah. it's just you and you can be alone and recharge. 100%. Right. Yes. Yeah. Are you introverted as well, Stephanie? Well, I have theories. I I've have always, theories. no, I've always thought I was extroverted, but I, whenever I, I do a full review now in my forties, I actually recognize that I think I was showing up as an extrovert in performance. I'm a three-wing four, just like you. So I was extroverting. In reality, I've realized now I actually am more of an introvert. And it's so strange because I've always been known as an extrovert. But if I look at what fills me up, how do I get my energy back? Mm -hmm. I need to think. I want to create something by myself. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. By myself. (laughs) By myself. (laughs) Yeah. And That's it's awesome. It's interesting because I just that was my identity. You know, I love people. I want to be around people. Yeah, which yeah, is, yeah. It's still very true about who I am at the core. But right. whenever I look at my energy and how do I get it back, it's definitely based off of being in my own head and my own thoughts and praying and you know, yeah. yeah and that's where that energy comes from. And I'm like, wow, wow, whoa! How did I get that so very wrong? Wow. But to your, you know with what you've got going on and, and, and kind of understanding that about who you are. I think it's so cool that you both found that way to get that in any time. And I think that goes back to us being resourceful people. Right. hundred percent. And knowing that we are the parent for the job, like even though yeah. our circumstances may be absolutely wacky and maybe we don't have the finances or maybe time is short or or maybe we wow. just need me time and can't get it. But like, right. I believe that we have with it within us to still be the right parent for our kids. You know, I, I that were, that brought to my remembrance, Stephanie, when I, when I had little babies. Oh, yes. And we had, again, we had zero money, but we, but I remember finding this woman who would come and clean my house for two hours a week. I mean, who commits to anything for two hours a week? <laughs> this woman would come for $14 and 50 cents. I still remember it. And she would come in. That two hours, she would do as much cleaning as she could, and she would do the laundry. Oh, and I remember the feeling of power, peace. Like it wasn't even like about the laundry or the cleaning. It was like I don't know. It was like this sense of I don't know. Maybe it was independence, autonomy, control. Yeah. I, I'm not what it was, but just getting a. I think getting creative with money and with time is a great game to play. Mm-hmm. What, how could I do this? Yeah. Later I would get, when I got a little bit more money, she, um, she'd, she'd come for more like like four to six hours and I would go to a coffee shop. Heck yeah. Right. And I (laughs) felt like it was better than someone giving me $40 million. I was like, here I am by myself. Yes. (laughs) Laptop. No one is going to bother me. It was awesome. That's amazing. And, you know, it's so awesome because I think that at some levels, a lot of women actually, I know men too, but women particularly feel bad about like outsourcing things and and having things taken care of. Like, oh, I have to do my own laundry. I have to blah, 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 blah. And I just, oh, my heart hurts because I don't have that attachment. I am like, everybody can do all the other things as long as I can be with my kids or work on my business or have a little bit of my own time. Like, I don't ever feel bad for not cooking a meal or not doing a whatever because 
I want to spend it with my kids or my husband or building something online. That That's the fun stuff. Gosh. 100%, right? It's crazy. So if you're listening to this podcast and you are 30 years or younger, just write all this stuff down. <laughs> or if you don't have kids, file it away. It's very important. Yes, 100%. Because if you can take all this, and that's the other part of this podcast, like if we can get earned earned wisdom without having earned it, like how cool is that? Like all these other people have earned all this wisdom and then yes. we can glean from it. Because right now, apart from the Bible, we don't have a parenting playbook. Yeah. And, and even if we did, I don't even not think it could actually space. work. Yeah, definitely not in the entrepreneur space, which I think would be even a totally different game. Yeah. And and even if it was kind of standardized across whatever, like it doesn't matter because every kid is so very different. And so like what works in one scenario is not necessarily going to work in another one. And mm-hmm. so it's so important for us to get what we can and then see how it applies to our life, you know, and like really suss it out and say, this does work for us or that doesn't work for us and and figure it out. And I love that because that's what you're telling us you've been doing all these yeah. years. You found out these little hacks and little things yeah, to optimize. Yeah. Let me just say anyone free who is wants to hear and receive this, um, hire first a cleaner who'll do your laundry then hire that same person to do cooking or a separate person to do the cooking for your family. This is when, when you get the means to to do this. I'm not saying like go into debt for all these things, but once we did those two things, um, we doubled our business in one year. Oof. Yes, please. Because me and my husband were not doing any of those things. And we had all this free space and our brains had been trained in enough business principles to know how to make a huge ROI. Yep. So we weren't focusing on the dishes. We're focusing on how to increase the conversion metrics at our events. Yes. Yes. And also too, for anybody who's listening, that maybe you're not an entrepreneur, even whenever before I knew I was an entrepreneur, before I had dove into this whole world, there was a time period where I actually tried to figure out how I could get help in my house, but it was around like not eating out. Like if we don't eat out two or three times, then... I can afford to have someone come and help me even for this little bitty bit. And what I used to do is actually hire mama helpers. And this is an official job title, but I would find other homeschooling families and they had a beautiful little 13 year old daughter or 12 year old. She would come over and she would do that. And instead of, cause some people think, oh, well you'll have a mommy's helper come over to play with the kids while you're doing the chores. You can get caught up. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, reverse engineer that. No, we're flipping (laughs) that. I want her to come over. I want her to do the dishes and fold the laundry and do all the things so I can go spend time with my kids. Wow. And so, yeah, that's a great, that's a great shift right there. Yeah. So looking for that, even if you're not entrepreneurial and you're listening to this, like there's little ways you can shortcut here and there, do sales just to redeem that time back, you know, either for yourself or with your kids. Right. So, I mean, I really want to make sure that we dive into some of these stories that you have around technology because, yes. you know, uh, at the core of powerful parenting and everything we're doing is the realization that we're up against this brand new parenting right. front that, yep. you know, a lot of people want to like push off to the side and like, oh, well, when the radio came out, it was like this. Oh, well, when the TV came um, out, it was like this. But this is not the same as a TV or a radio because there's a, a social aspect that's involved on social media uh, and gaming and in so many different ways. And I talk to kids and parents all the time that are just overwhelmed. The kids are depressed or separated from their parents technically, because essentially wow. once they got onto social media, the culture was raising who they were. Right. And oftentimes the parent was like, oh, my kid's quiet. Everything's good. When in reality, a lot of stuff is actually happening. And then, you know, then there's the struggle of like, how much screen time is too much screen time? And how the heck am I supposed to monitor screen time? And 
love. I mean, there's so many different facets and it's truly a whole new battlefront. We know to take care of our kids, physical health, their emotional health, teach them about finances, Mm. you know, all these different things, academic. Right. But I think this is a whole new mantle that as parents, we have to pick up and put on and start to work on. And, and I was talking to you and you had a couple of stories to share just in your experience with your kids and technology. What does that look like? Yep. 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 Well, yeah, yeah. So I'll tell them um, briefly because I know for the sake of time. But I would say we actually had two real. We actually probably have three. We've had three real big struggles. And the first, I didn't actually share with these before. But I just didn't remember until right now. But when, um, so well, also I share the first one that I shared with you. My daughter was in a um, friendship group on her. She was about twelve years old, and I think we gave, well, whatever drama llama started happening in this girls crew text chat oh. and it was just people disagreeing with each other. You said this the sleepover, but she no, she meant that. And then you posted that on my video and it was all of this stuff. And it had been very constant and consistent. And I was always like, Oh, I wish she wasn't kind of like wanting it to not be there. But then I was listening to this teaching by Dan Kennedy and Dan Kennedy said, anything that's in your home, that's bringing any type of negative influence into your home is a money block. Ooh. That night, right before I was about to do a webinar, my daughter comes in, tears streaming down her face. She said this, blah, 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 blah. I'm about to do this webinar where I'm supposed to like make all this money for our family and this drama llama. That night at the end of the webinar, I was like, it's done. I heard Dan Kennedy, like the Dan's voice, which is <laughs> very grating and I was like, it was a money block. So additionally, I had found out kind of quickly around that time that she had also been privately messaging a boy and that was like against the rules of our, so that became like a double strike against it. And I said, and it was so devastating for her, almost unbelievable, like that you can't even do this This is America. I have rights, you know? Right. (laughs) And and she said, when am I going to get the phone back? And I said, we'll see. But see, I had not been in enough pain, Stephanie, until that night. See, it was, it was painful, but you know, it's not until sometimes you're, you've gotten in enough pain till yeah. you do something till like something happens or, you know, it would be awareness that it was a money block. I mean, it's still in my two bedroom apartment. We're not making a billion dollars yet. Right. Like, and what's so remarkable is we took that phone away and we wound up not um, giving it back to her until a year, but about. Four weeks into her not having the phone, it felt like she became a different person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The person we remembered who she was before she had got the phone. Before Isn't it crazy? Oh, just crazy how that happens. It was, it was, it was wild. And really, honestly, it, I mean, our business really did start growing like after that, which is, wow. I know it sounds insane. Right. It sounds <laughs> insane. Like you took the phone away and, and I don't, I'm not trying to draw some, you know, take your child's phone away and you're going to 10 X your business. <laughs> but within that next year, we moved, we started renting a house. We saved up enough money to buy a house. Like, and I really think the emotional exhaustion that that, if we had, that had stayed in, that really would have affected us. Like it was yeah. intense every day. Oh, I, I understand. There are things that get into our life as families that does, it drains us of all that energy and it can't be yeah. focused where it needs to be focused for sure. Yeah. And you, you said there was another story too. Well, just real briefly, I remember two incidents where my husband found on the phone where my kids had been searching for some videos and some inappropriate kind of like mm-hmm. sexualized videos had come up and freaked. She showed it to me. It just freaked me out. I remember I almost got, I got like nauseous. It was like so weird. But my husband sat down and had 
it happened two separate occasions. Um, sat down and had conversations with him the way he did it. So this is, I'm just paying this forward in case any parents ever have this incident. He was so non-judgmental and so kind and sweet. And there was just no shaming involved. He was just like, this isn't what our, this isn't what wilders do. Mm. This is what our family does. And there's all these people on the internet. They're going to try to get you to click here and do this and blah, blah, blah. And if you ever have any questions, you can just come right to me. Mm. It was so done in such a spirit of love and um, not shock or you know, however, like I would imagine if I actually probably had done it, I'd be like a little more hysterical. Um, not mad at them. I'm just mad at the, mad at the internet, I guess. I yeah. Just, mad at the situation. Mad at the situation. Cause it felt yeah. like, um, the way that these videos were, it was like some of them came in through apps or something. It was like, they're trying to hook kids. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Anyway. So I know I start to get like upset when I think about it, but, um, I just want to encourage any parents, if you ever have that type of situation to come in with like a spirit of gentleness, that Mm -hmm. the child really does want to please you and want to do the right thing. And they most likely weren't purposefully trying to do X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. 100%. 100%. Um, And then ever since then, that's never, we've never had any issues, many issues with that. That's great. That's so good. Oh, I love those. Those are really great. Just learning points for everybody listening. So in closing, because I know we're at time, I, I would love it if you could just take a minute and, and think about the people who are listening. And if you just have any encouragement for them, just, oh, you know, yeah. as as parents um, to, to yeah. offer and just leave them with, I want to just give you the floor. Yes. Well, listen, team, um, I really feel like you can be an awesome mom and dad doing it very mediocre. Now, what do I mean by that? Like, just very, like, if you can just, Focus on you being the best you that you can be and bringing a spirit of fun into the home and just focusing on all the good things that your kids are doing and all the amazing aspects about them and just keep focusing and creating so much positive energy in the home. I think a lot of issues and communication problems and conflicts just will dissolve. Mm. Just by focusing on how can we create, how can I bring energy into the family, create a beautiful environment for the family. And if you're able to take them on trips and have experiences and have moments, don't focus on quantity, just focus on moments. Um, And then don't worry about what anybody else does. Yeah. Like, yeah, you do you the way you're like, listen, there's so many books that are like parent like this and co-parent like this and co-sleep here and don't co-sleep. And and like, there's all these like, I don't know, theories or whatever. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like just do what feels like really great and authentic and in alignment for your family. Yeah. Homeschool, don't homeschool. But, you know, just like, it's like all this stuff. It's like, okay, maybe <laughs> it's like, nobody knows what they're doing. That's my last, my last word of advice is a hundred percent. Nobody knows what they're doing. So just do the best version that you can. And it's going to be amazing. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I love the the grace that that gives us as parents. And I think that that is so incredibly important that we recognize that, again, no playbook here, but we can figure it out and we don't have to be perfect, but we can show up powerfully. We can have our strong moments with our kids, right? And and it's life-changing whenever we're intentional with our parenting. And and so, Eileen, thank you so much. I want to just wrap this up with a pretty little bow. And I want you to tell everybody where they can come and and learn more about you and what you've got going on. And we have a really fun thing that Eileen told me that Harry created. And so I want you to tell them about their opportunity to check that out. 
I found it 100%. Well, you can find me on Instagram if you're on the gram. I'm at, at Eileen Wild, E-I-L-E-E-N-W-I-L-D. And, um, and one of my uh, son Harry's courses is something called Biz Kid Bootcamp. Ooh. It's a really cute, fun, inexpensive course that may inspire your kid, like how Harry was inspired at this conference, by hearing a child talk about how to discover their your child's business idea so this kid gives different ideas and different examples and you can have fun experimenting you know try this business try this business and it's so funny stephanie but one of the kids who went through it made like two thousand dollars like by the end of the course wow and um it's really really fun so it's biz kid boot camp and i think stephanie will have a link somewhere Yes, we are going to put the link in the show notes so come on over to the main show notes page and grab that and check out harry's uh course i am so excited i'm going to grab it for my kids for sure um, but Eileen, thank you so much. Really, yeah, really, thank really you, appreciate Stephanie. you making thank the time. What an awesome podcast. It's, it really is an honor to be a part of this like legendary lineup. I'm going to go back and listen to those episodes. So important. It's investing in our family and our legacy. So I agree. I agree. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Stephanie. I truly hope you enjoyed our episode today on the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast. Make sure to hit follow and subscribe so that you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You're not going to want to miss a thing. I promise. If you were impacted by this episode, do me a favor and leave a review with a comment. I read every one of them and I also pass them along to our guests. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with friends. You can catch the show notes for this episode and any mentioned links at powerfulparenting.com forward slash podcast. If you want to see more behind the scenes with me and my guests, be sure to find me on Instagram or Facebook. It's where we can have deeper conversations on these podcasts. Take care. And remember, it's not about being a perfect parent. It's about taking each day and working on showing up powerfully for our kids. They deserve it. And you are the parent for the job. See you on the next episode.